in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Lady Rebels are an 11 seed in the NCAA tournament. They will play six seeded Michigan in Baton Rouge. Michigan was 22 and 9 this season, 26 in the net. Uh, the winner of that will play the winner of LSU and Hawaii as LSU hosts those first two games. Lady Rebels got some respect, yeah, too. They did. Not I a 12 for seed. For sure, the Los Angeles region came up first with UCLA and then the 5 12 game. I thought you looked at every bracketology, they had them in Los Angeles as a 12 seed. And when that didn't come up, I'm like, man, they shipped them. So interesting to see what seed they would get. And then we found out they got an 11. So would you rather be an 11 seed having to figure out how the hell to get to Baton Rouge or a 12 seed going to Los Angeles? Reading their quotes this morning, I think they were stoked to be an 11 because I think they thought that the committee gave them some respect uh, after their season this year, after playing Arizona close last year. So I think they would rather be the 11. I think when it comes to the seed, they wanted the highest seed possible. Can we ask them that after they fly to New Orleans and then bust to Baton Rouge if they still are happy they got the I, respect of an 11? I'm not sure. We can ask Lindy at 8.30, but I would think they're chartering Get into the Baton charter Rouge. to Baton Rouge? Uh-oh. I would think they're going to charter into Baton Rouge. That's good. They've, been sa- they've probably got a budget they save up for the men to go to the NCAA tournament that they haven't touched in a decade that they can use on the women. So Degenerates in here. Are you going to this game? He doesn't have a mic. <laughs> He, he said no. He's indicating no. He's indicating no with his head. <laughs> I, I didn't know who, the, who was correct. producing it. Lights FC drew with Rio oh, Grande Valley in their season opener. They're off and running. They actually had a lead off of an own goal, uh, and then they gave it up. Lights are tied for fifth in the West, but more importantly, Ed. <laughs> already tied for fifth. That's right. They're in a playoff. If the season ended the day, Lights would be in a playoff spot. But you got to tell me what you think of their jerseys. They unveiled them over the weekend right before uh, they played their season opener. I know it's a video. You're going to have to wait about 20 seconds to see these. But they unveiled their new jerseys, a black one and a white one. one. Black one has some diagonal uh, blue, pink, and yellow stripes. And the white one has the city skyline across the chest. Boy, those are busy. It's lights. They're always busy. busy. yeah. You know I'm not a Jersey yes, guy. Yes, you are. We've turned you into guy, one. I could so. see the eagerness in your face as you clicked yeah. on that video. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Oh, not a <laughs> fan of them. So wait, you don't like either one? I guess I like the Skyline one better. All right. I like the Skyline one better. I like both of them. I think yeah. they're both solid jerseys. I the Will Skyline. Uh, we'll see. Are they still trying to charge me $90 for one? Then no. They bring that price, cut it in half, then yeah, I'll go buy one of those. Okay. But uh, at the moment, I've got like five or six lights jerseys, so I'll oh, survive with I'll survive with some of the you older have that jerseys. Many? Oh yeah, they gave some do away. They do giveaways? They gave some away to season ticket holders for two of the years they've been here, and then I've bought a couple of more. So yeah, I've got a I've got a handful of them. So I don't need excellent to buy investment. One. Yeah, it was. you had to pick one on this one. You pick the black one. Probably, yes. I think I'd go with the black one over the white one. But, uh, yeah. Also, don't buy white stuff. It gets stained too easily. It's not fun. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, Mama just, didn't raise no uh, wuss. The Sacramento Kings have won 40 games. And this is an incredible stat from ESPN. 
It's the first time since the 2005-2006 season that the Kings have won 40 games in a season. That ended a stretch of uh, 16 seasons without having a uh, 40-game season, 40-win season in there. That's the longest stretch in NBA history, and it ties the other time the Sacramento Kings went 16 (laughs) years without winning 40 40 games. games. The amazing part about that? 40 wins is not even 500. No, but uh, I, I've got to be honest with you. When Mike Brown took that job, I thought, oh, no. I thought there's just no way this guy's going to do anything. So I got to give him some props. I got to give him some props. He's done a pretty good job. Oh, they're, they're they're tied, tied with, with Memphis the for the two seed in the West right now. And given what's happening to Memphis, the Kings could be the two seed going into the postseason. Are you surprised? Uh, and because I think they're like fifteen and two, fifteen and three last year. You said last week. Are you surprised that when Memphis plays without John Morant some nights? It was twenty-five and two last year. I mean, this year it was like two and four or something okay. before. They his blew someone fake out suspension. the other night, and I was like, man, they they tend to play okay without him. And they're going to win the title without John Morant. Who needs him? That you would got, be pretty. Fun. You got Dylan Brooks fighting with uh, Draymond, with Draymond Green. Draymond Green. Yeah, they'll be fine. That's all you need. We need them in the conference turn or conference finals. I'm about to install Tinder. I'm so thirsty. Ole Miss is hiring Chris Beard, according to John Rothstein. Uh, that is expected to be announced later today. What do you think? Gonna enjoy the Sweet 16, and then he's gonna leave for Michigan. <laughs> it's gonna be great. I uh, no nope. dream job. I'm not. Yes, I am not going to give you any. Uh, moral or ethics here. I am excited for Ole Miss basketball to win a couple of games and not be the worst team in the SEC. Technically, oh, they're not going to be the worst team. In the SEC technically, second him. worst with in him. The SEC. They're not being the worst team in the SEC. There's no way. I saw a Texas fan on Twitter wondering how many Texas assistant coaches are going to leave for to follow Chris Beard to Ole Miss. I mean, wouldn't you? And he they haven't done it yet, but depending on what they do in the tournament. Rodney Terry's done a pretty good job. <laughs> I can't believe they haven't hired him yet. They, and they haven't they haven't missed a beat since no. Chris Beard was gone. He's done a pretty good job. They're Rodney a two Terry. seed. Be fascinating. Yeah. No one's called the cops. That's, that's helpful. Um, so yeah, I am. I'm be curious to see what happens with a the Texas job because you'd assume if they go to the Sweet Sixteen at least eight. that you got to keep that guy yeah. right, and then. What happened with Chris Beard at Ole Miss, and how long is he actually there? Maybe Michigan uh, fires Jawan Howard today, and Chris Beard's gone tomorrow to Michigan. Well, he's got to wait at least 19 days. Does he? There's no Board of Regents before, to wait through. He before, can just leave when he wants. Before Michigan sends the two planes. <laughs> uh, and and, and I, I understand the question. North Carolina is not going to the NIT. North Carolina was one of the first four teams out of the NCAA tournament, which means they would have been a one seed in the NIT, but North Carolina put out a statement saying they're not going to participate in the NIT. They started out the year as a preseason number one, end up missing the NCAA tournament. Is North Carolina too good for the NIT? In their mind. The egos on North Carolina. Yeah. They would have been a one seed. Right? Yep. The, they'd have been the overall one seed in the in the NIT. I think the NCA, now that it controls the NIT, should force these teams to play. Or you should be fined heavily if you don't if play you don't in the play? NIT. Yeah. You're gonna skip out on the NIT because right. you think you're too good for it. Right. Get the hell out of here. 
go play you? some basketball. Like, unless your players just say, yeah, we're done, coach. I mean, I could see a lot of teams and programs from history and tradition saying no to the CBI. Right. CBI okay. is just a random tournament okay. that Southern Utah is going to win. Yeah. San Jose State, Timmy Miles. We're going to get a Southern Utah San, San Jose, Jose State, State final. final. Yes. I can understand why you'd say no to that. Yeah. But the NIT. I know. It's actually a legitimate tournament. And North Carolina's like, no, thank you. Unless the players were like, ah, I'm done with this. I don't want to see you ever again. Maybe. They could have taken a vote and talked to the uh, team, and the vote went south, and they said, none of us want to play. Two of them were like, I got to get my draft stock up here, guys. Uh, Me continuing to play for this team, not helping. The other four, like the portal opens on Monday. (laughs) I did see Caleb Love. uh, My favorite kind of reporting uh, is that Caleb Love, one of North Carolina's best players, uh, deleted all mentions of North Carolina from his Twitter account. Jesus. I love that kind of reporting. It's great. Portal. Next question. <laughs> Bill Self was released from the hospital on Sunday. He had two stents placed in his heart to treat blocked arteries. He missed the Big 12 tournament. Uh, Kansas lost that in the championship game to Texas. He is expected to make a full recovery. Uh, I do not know if he's expected to coach in the NCAA tournament, they or they did they say he is. It said he will be back. That seems like a bad idea. It seems fast. I mean, he just got released Sunday. They play. They play on Thursday against Howard. Yeah, seems like a bad idea, doesn't it? I mean, no. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. They said full recovery. I have no idea. This is hard. Like. Coaching stressful. You're a doctor out there. His job tweet, is tweet us and say if this is a bad idea or not. His job is not coming in here and talking into a microphone no. about stupid sports things. No, it's he's got to yell stre- at officials. The stress of coaching college basketball. Right. This is a terrible idea. I mean, he can get through the first game, Howard. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. What happens if they're only up by eight at halftime? You might lose it. <laughs> what if it's the opposite, where like they're. <laughs> He's completely calm when he's coaching. It's the rest of like walking, like he's like, whatever he has he to can't talk handle the to a cashier. Store. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. He gets really bad social anxiety. I need to coach 24 7. I'm coaching virtually a team in Lithuania to keep myself from living a normal life. Great question. Thank you. Texas Tech and St. John's have both been linked to Rick Patino. Yeah! Rick Patino uh, is at Iona. They're back in the NCAA tournament. They have back-to-back 25-plus win seasons under Patino. Is this a simple case of a uh, power conference school, and St. John's is sort of kind of power conference in basketball being in the Big East. Is this an example of a power conference school just needed Patino to go coach at a lower-level school to take the heat off of, oh, Patino's back, to then make it okay to hire him at a major yeah, because I didn't level. think he was getting a major job before he took Iona. And now that, uh, now that he's... Iona took the it's heat. Been, it's been two or three years, and a lot of that stuff's not mentioned anymore. It'll probably be brought up at the press conference. I think St. John's obviously a much better fit than Texas Tech. Patino and Lubbock? Hey, his son's I not far away. I can't see he'd be it. Cl- he'd be fairly close to his I son. I can't see it. Man, UNLV really should have hired this guy. <laughs> I can't see it. His son's right down the road in Albuquerque. I think he's going to go to St. John's. It seems like a better fit. I think that's still like a nine-hour drive, but close enough. St. John's, they get the Iona gets UConn in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, I saw. Was this? I meant to look this up. Was this true that Dan Hurley, since he's been at Connecticut and it's been like five or six years, has not won a tournament game yet? 
don't know if that's true or I'd not. I'd have to double check that. Somebody said that on the selection UConn, show last UConn night. UConn can make a deep run. Well, they got... Uh, I mean, in December, they were probably the best team in the country, and yeah. then they fell off. Yeah, but it's like, how do you not want a, con- a tournament game? Look at that. They've been they've only been twice under Dan Hurley, and they've been out in the first round both times. Once as a five seed, once as a seven seed. So, yeah, UConn might need to win a game. That's a great, great question. 38,000 people watched an XFL game in St. Louis, an attendance record for the new XFL. St. Louis just missed the Rams. They're going for anything now, right? They're going to go. They're see showing, up for, any They're showing event? up for any sporting event. <laughs> I, there were 38,000 at the Blues game last night. Granted, they no. can't hold 38,000, exactly. but they, they weren't. There weren't 38,000. There weren't probably weren't 15,000 at the Blues game last night. That's kind of a crazy number to me for the XFL. Oh yeah, like 38,000. That's a really good crowd. And well, I mean, what the Vegas Vipers? If they had 3,800. They've announced, announced six plus each week. Okay. Each, the, the first two home games. I was at the second one. There were not 6,000 people there. I mean, now, Danny was at the first one, and he said there was 65, 6,600. Um, so I thought it was weird between the first and second game, the difference in attendance was eight people. I thought that was weird on the numbers. <laughs> hey. Tickets out, Ed. Tickets out. No, it's tickets out. It's tickets out. Uh, but yeah, so 38,000 is huge because even even if the Vipers could get thirty eight thousand, they're playing at Cashman, which only holds ten. Or right. you could stuff in twelve, right. maybe with the maybe. grass berms. But thirty eight thousand is a ridiculous number. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, we'll jump back into the NFL. I think things have been very professional, and uh, no, I mean we're very appreciative of what Aaron's meant to the team and the organization, and uh, you know we want to be respectful and also help him uh, achieve what he wants. It's the press box with Grainy and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. I have a very important tweet to read you regarding Derek Carr, who is now the New Orleans Saints. Quarterback. This is from John Hendricks, who covers the New Orleans Saints. Derek Carr says the first spot he went in New Orleans was Chipotle because they didn't know anything local. He said it was hard to leave because of how welcoming everyone was. I don't know which yeah. sentence in that tweet is worse. Well... Okay, so I could see him not knowing anything local when he first got there, but were people really uh, all over him? So you want to address the second part? I he said I... it was hard to leave because of how welcoming everyone was. I mean, what, all taking selfies and pictures? And that, that has to be something like that, right? I mean, not just, hey, hey welcome to New Orleans. That I would mean... make me want to leave more if everybody at the damn Chipotle was trying to take selfies with me. Did this really happen? I don't think it did. I don't either. I don't Walked either. into Chipotle and said, who's that guy? I mean, he probably had the family with him. Yeah. They were... Maybe because the kids um, the kids in one uh, video I saw from when he was signing his contract already had all the New Orleans Saints jerseys on, his jersey. And Carr had his own jersey on. You think they all went to Chipotle wearing oh the jerseys? Oh, my God. They Please, 100% yes, did. Yes, yes. I so then, definitely then believe that. at that, that point, you look at him and realize who it is. And maybe you go up to him and say, like, welcome to New Orleans. Because the Saints fans are pretty crazy. So they probably would recognize him if they all have the jerseys on. You're probably like, oh, we're screwed. The quarterback came in with his own jersey on. <laughs> he had it on in the video. <laughs> he had his own jersey on. And he made an Instagram post. So it's like, I don't... I'm just so everyone knows, I'm gonna be at the Chipotle at the corner of Elm. 
So that's one part of this that I how welcoming can a Chipotle be that you don't want to leave? But the other part of this, Derek Carr couldn't find a local place to go to, so he went to Chipotle. Does this guy have a cell phone? Does he not go a, well, on vacation to Europe and eat at McDonald's? I mean, not only not only a cell phone. I look, I don't know if he ate before or after the press conference. But if it was after, wouldn't you ask someone, "Hey, we want to take the family out, yeah. or we want to, you know, we want to go get something to eat"? One of the one of the assistants went, "I know a great place. It's kind of like Subway, but what if it was Mexico?" <laughs> <laughs> that, like, what is that? He went to dinner with the GM and the president when he met with the Saints. That was reported. Yeah, but that's not where you probably take all those kids. I don't care. He's got <laughs> he not, has the number of those people called him and said, "Where should I go for lunch today?" So that oh, I'm not no, going a, to Chipotle. That's why I said he should have asked somebody, right? Or just pull out your phone and Google restaurants around me. It'll tell you some local restaurants. They're unbelievable. Literally, unbelievable. Like really good restaurants in the New Orleans airport. Yes, like yes, he could yes, have. He could have yes. just found a local spot. What, after the plane, unbelievable. I if I were the Saints, I, mean, I, I would have cut him. I would have said this is poor. Him. This is the worst decision making you could show. You can't be our quarterback. You went to Chipotle because you couldn't find a local place. Like that's even a word. If he had said we went to Chipotle because my kids were yelling that they wanted Chipotle, okay, fine. Being a parent sucks, and you got to cater to your kids. But for him to say we didn't know anything local, you got the whole amount the. All the information humans have ever had is at your fingertips with a cell phone. Look it up. I mean, I'm Unbelievable. not going to go that crazy over it. I just think he should have asked someone at the press conference. I think he probably was signing that $75 million deal before they went to get lunch. Unbelievable. I, I want I want it to be true that they all walked in with the jerseys. A hundred percent they did. I will not believe it otherwise. I mean, I don't think they would have if they went after the press conference, I don't think they would have changed. You could show me videos of them not wearing their jerseys, and I'm still choosing to believe that they wore their Especially jerseys. Especially the kids. Yes. They had the jerseys on. All all the entire family. David Carr showed up to all of them wearing <laughs> Carr New Orleans Saints jerseys. I, I absolutely believe that's what happened. If you're the local owner of a franchise of Chipotle, you're definitely like, okay, Derek, you're our new spokesman. Right. You, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You don't let him leave. Maybe that's what happened. He's like, everybody go be nice to him. So he'll yeah. be our spokesman. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I eat at Chipotle every day. Yeah. Unbelievable. Can you imagine going on a trip to a foreign country with this guy? He'd go to McDonald's. Yeah. He'd wear there's his own Mc- jersey. Hey. Yeah, there's McDonald's and all these foreign countries. Hey, Derek, we're, we're in Italy. There's this really cool pizza place. Maybe they invented the pizza. Who knows? You want to go there? Eh, there's a McDonald's there's right now. McDonald's now. right across the street. Eh, I think we got to go over there. <laughs> got to get no, a come Big on. Mac. Come on. The pizza place is called Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe that. That's that. I, you got you got to cut that guy as soon as that happens. All right, a slightly more serious NFL story. Jalen Ramsey got traded to the Dolphins, third round pick, and tight end Hunter Long. Don't know who that is. Are Who's going back to the Rams. I don't know, but he got traded for Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but the key detail of this is not what got sent to the Rams, but that the Dolphins fully guaranteed Jalen Ramsey's contract for the next two seasons, which is roughly forty for million dollars. Over the next two years, Ramsey is 28, so he's not old, right? He was the third best cornerback by Pro Football Focus last year. He has been a top 10 corner by PFF. 
for three straight seasons. So he's been very good over the last few years. I doubt there's a significant drop-off when he's 29 and maybe when he's 30. But that's quite the guarantee money to hand out if you're the Dolphins to a guy that's never played for you before. That's a lot. Uh, that's surprising, even though he's only 28, to give him that much guaranteed yeah. over two years, $40 million guaranteed. I mean, good for him. And I will say this. The Chargers did it last year. Didn't work out extremely well for them. Um, the Eagles did it a little bit last year as well. Did work out a little bit better for them. This is the kind of move you have the ability to make when your quarterback is on his rookie contract, and he's pretty good. Because Tua is going into his fourth year on his rookie deal. He's making basically nothing. They did pick up his fifth-year option, which will pay him which I is think, like 20, 20 something 20 million. Something, yeah. So he'll get paid a little bit more in year five, which they still will owe Jalen Ramsey some money. But when your quarterback's not making very much and you have a pretty good team, these are the moves you can make. The Chargers did it last year when they went and got Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson and a whole bunch of other guys. And now we see the Dolphins. They got Tyreek Hill last year. Now they're getting Jalen Ramsey. This is the benefit of having a quarterback on a on rookie deal. On a rookie contract. You're not paying him right. $40, 50000000 million a year. Meanwhile, the Rams are in teardown mode? What do we want to call what the Rams are doing? Because you don't trade Jalen Ramsey for a third if you're trying to win the Super Bowl in 2023. I think they're doing what the Raiders are doing, long-term. Long-term vision? Long-term vision. With Matt Stafford still long-term quarterback? <laughs> Long-term vision. Hey, Matt Stafford is very much available, but the phone is for some reason not (laughs) ringing. (laughs) Do you believe Aaron Donald and Sean McVay look back and regret not retiring after winning the Super Bowl? I never believe anyone looks back and regrets not retiring about how much they made. Yeah, I was about to say, they saw that they were going to retire, that the check cleared. It's like Aaron Rodgers retiring. Really? He's giving up 60 Well. So Donald, yes, but Sean McVay would have stepped right into a TV role and still made money. It's not like McVay would have gone and done, gotten paid zero dollars. He might have gotten paid the same amount. What right. What was the report? Amazon offered him something ridiculous, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Sean McVay that that was the, that was what I talked about, right? He was getting offered more money from Amazon. That, I remember being blown away by this: more money, less work, and he said no, thank you to miss the playoffs. He regrets it. Maybe he I, regrets I'm being married. He regrets it. What? What's wrong with his marriage? No, I'm just saying, like, he get he got married, and then suddenly he's like, yeah, I should retire. And then he spent, like, a week, and he's like, nah, I definitely need to be coaching, oh. need to be at the office six days a week. No, we you blame, stay home. We blame the kids, not the marriage, Jared. It's always the kids' fault. They want to go to Chipotle when you could go to a good restaurant in New Orleans. Coming up next, Lindy LaRock joins Um, It's extremely exciting. You know, the anticipation of today is really what it's all about, and... Um, you kind of sit around waiting to see your matchup, and you think you know just through the bracketology stuff, but there's always curveballs. And so, if anything, I'm, I'm excited to have this curveball and, um, you know, play a team out of region and travel across the country. Um, it's going to be a great experience for our team, and we're excited to get to work. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. The UNLV Lady Rebels are an 11 seed in the NCAA tournament. They are taking on Michigan in the first round out in Baton Rouge. And joining us now, the head coach, Lindy LaRock. Good morning, Lindy. Hi, Lindy. Good morning, guys. Uh, So you find out yesterday who you're playing. We heard you just say there about it being a curveball, a team in a different region of the country. Uh, What's been the most difficult part of preparing for that curveball for the last 12 hours or whatever it's been? Eh. Um, It hasn't been too difficult. I mean... 
obviously it's not it's not a ton different other than you know it's not a team that I've like watched regularly all year long um but you know for the most part that's the case anyway so um you know we got hard at work and we're we're already uh you know getting after it Lindy, you said uh, earlier in the week, uh, I, I read a quote where, um, you know, last year you were the only one who'd been to an NSA tournament, and this year you have a bunch of uh, uh, young players who have been there and, and been through it yet. How big of an advantage do you think that'll be when you guys show up there and you start preparing for that game? I think it's huge, um, you know, just from everything logistically to our players having an idea of what's coming next, you know, everything last year. I was trying to help guide our operations on, on, you know, the planning and, and just everything from the hotel and the travel. So, um, you know, I think we can, we, we know a little bit of, of what's coming with that. So maybe, you know, not having that be such a variable of adversity, maybe like it was last year, but, um, you know, the excitement is still there. And so, you know, I, I'm looking forward to obviously getting out there and how we respond. Have you noticed a different uh, attitude or mindset from your players now that it's basically the second time around for almost all of them? Yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, we've kind of felt it a little bit all year where, um, you know, we've celebrated a lot of wins and stuff, but uh, even like yesterday it was like, okay, cool, like we, let, let's, let's go win this game, you know. Um, and it's not just kind of like a happy-to-be-there type of attitude, but – all right, this is the next one now, so let's go get it. Did you, uh, you're sitting there and the 12 comes up in L.A. where I think a lot of bracketology had you. Uh, you, you. I assume right then you probably knew that you were a higher seed. How much did that mean overall to you and, and this team to have in a committee give you a higher seed than everyone else thought you were going to be and, and probably that you thought you deserved? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's great record. Uh-oh. I think we lost Lindy. We lost her. Lindy, if you can hear us. Oh, hold on, hold on, Lindy. We lost you for just a second. If you could just start your answer over, that would be greatly appreciated. Ken, can you hear me now? Yes, we got you. Yeah, we got you. All right, yeah. I think it's great respect. And, you know, obviously we want to prove them right. And um, we were a little shocked not to be in that L.A., you know, region. But, you know, wherever we're going, we're we're excited to play. And, um, you know, we're happy with an 11 seed. Is that the logistical problems? You guys were already planning to go to L.A. instead of Baton Rouge before the bracket came out? Um, no. I mean, obviously we know L.A. a little bit better than Baton Rouge, so you just try <laughs> to plan ahead. But, um, you know, we, we kind of have to wait until we really see anyway. So I, it'll, it'll be different, though, for sure. <laughs> Lindy LaRock with us, the head coach of the Lady Rebels, as they get ready to head to Baton Rouge to take on Michigan in the NCAA tournament. So I, I know you've got an NCAA tournament game to get ready for, but have you at all been able to look back on how impressive it was to go undefeated in conference play and then go 3-0 in the Mountain West tournament and go 21-0 against conference opponents in one season? Um, not yet. Nope. I, I haven't done that yet. I'm, I'm excited for what we have ahead, and I, obviously I know it's it's been a special season, but... You know we're gonna we're gonna wait to reflect until it's all said and done. So you know we we got a few more weeks under our belt. How uh, we talked about this after your I believe your first win in the tournament. Uh, how cool is it or important is it uh, to show Vegas that you have three uh, kids who are your three leading players from Las Vegas? Does that I assume that helps in recruiting if you know if you're recruiting locally, but also just with the aces and everything showing that you know Las Vegas and, and women's basketball certainly has taken a jump forward. 
I just think it's so special to our story um, and, and adds to the team that we have. Obviously, we have three great players from Las Vegas, um, you know, but we, of course, have other talented players from other places as well. But I think it's just really infused that pride of, of Las Vegas, you know, in our team. And we know how uh, prideful Las Vegas people are in general. And so, you know, I think it's definitely added some fuel to our fire. And, of course, there's great talent here in town, which hopefully they're seeing, you know, we can stay here and, and play in front of our families and, and for our home city and still play on the biggest stage. In the uh, brief amount of time since you found out you're playing Michigan, what about Michigan is going to be difficult? What's going to be the key for you guys against the Wolverines? Um, they have great size. Uh, you know, they're, they're point guards like 6-1, so... Um, you know, they've got some veteran players. They made a deep run in the tournament last year. So, um, you know, I've been able to watch a couple games already, but they definitely have, you know, some longer length at positions. But, you know, I'm excited about, you know, what what the challenges that we cause them. I think we're we're more athletic. Um, you know, I think they're, they're really well coached. So, if anything, I think we both play a, dif- a disciplined style. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to kind of keep diving into it and, and try to see where we can uh, have some advantages. I read where you've never been to Louisiana. Never, yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, there's no no time better than the present. Let's go. I mean, that's pretty amazing given how much basketball you played throughout your career. I know, and and just recruiting and all different things. So I'm not, I'm not sure why I haven't been there, but maybe it was uh, to wait for this moment. <laughs> So Lady Rebels going to Baton Rouge to take on Michigan in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, if you would let me ask you a question about maybe something you learned uh, from the selection committee this year that applies to the future, what has to change scheduling-wise for UNLV, but maybe even the rest of the Mountain West, and can it change scheduling-wise to help improve on future seedings of Mountain West teams and for UNLV? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing, regardless of the schedule, that like I can appreciate for the committee is it looked like they did value winning, you know, giving us, you know, an 11 instead of a 12. Um, you know, I think winning should matter, uh, regardless of really who you're playing. And then once you dive into the schedule, obviously, you know, the stronger the schedule, the better. And I think you saw that even with Stanford getting that number one seed that was kind of like up for grabs and they kind of came out and said, well, they had the toughest schedule, which I think was deserving. So for us, you know, we are playing a much tougher non-conference schedule next year, which we're excited about. And again, I think our tournament experience should help us. And for our conference, you know, that's, that's the challenge of, of other teams in the conferences is to schedule, not just have a harder schedule, but schedule what you think your team can handle. And, you know, for our schedule this year, maybe our team could handle, um, you know, some, some more bigger schools are a little bit more challenged, but then you're also like restricted to contracts and different things as well. So there's more to it than just deciding like, you know, our, our schedule is set for next year and really even the year after. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and we were able to make those adjustments after we kind of realized last year, like, oh, hey, like we might be pretty good. We can like schedule tougher. But for other teams in the league, you know, it doesn't make sense for them to have a super tough schedule if they can't win any of those games. Because I do think uh, winning winning is important, too. You know, as a league, I think that's what the men's side does is, you know, I think 80% of the teams on the men's side go into conference play with a winning record. Um, so for us on the women, we're, we're trying to balance our schedules and, and get that same, you know, uh, success rate. 
How much better has it been for you that you've been doing all this at home? Uh, it's nice. Yeah. I, it, uh, it just, it, obviously I'm comfortable here. I, you know, I, we know the community my, my parents help with the baby. Um, and you know, I love Las Vegas and it, it just, um, it, it, it's been really, really special. Hold on. What, how much of the family is coming to Baton Rouge? Uh, the family is coming. I, we, okay. I was I, even before I watched film yesterday. We were we were booking flights for some, you know, my sister and some people that don't live here in Las Vegas to uh, make sure they get there. So that was we had to jump on that before the flights got too crazy. Oh, Baton Rouge, not an easy place to get to no. for everybody, though. It really isn't. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Well, she is Lindy LaRock, the head coach of the Lady Rebels. Lindy, good luck in the NCAA tournament, and thanks for joining good us. Good luck, Lindy. All right, thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. So there is Lindy LaRock. Yeah, it's La not an easy place. Yeah. We talked about it before. All right. Some I know. I don't know what Grimala's doing, but some are I know are flying into New Orleans and riding, uh, uh, driving there. But, uh, I mean, I we should have asked her. I don't know if the team is chartering. I'm not sure about that. That's 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 the easiest way. Yes. If you can do that, have your own plane. Do that. Have your own plane and say, get us to Baton Rouge as quickly as possible. Listen, I'm sending Bill Foley's plane to Czech Republic to get Yuri Patera's parents. <laughs> yes. They can just they can just drop off the women's basketball team on the way or something. Right. It'd be no problem. Just I'm spending Foley's money on his plane. Uh, so yeah, the Lady Rebels they take on Michigan in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and if they win, they get either LSU or Hawaii in the second round. We talk about the scheduling a lot on the men's side. Um, I wonder how much, how difficult it is for the women's side to actually get quality games because the Lady Rebels this year they played one quad one game, right? This they they didn't play like a great non conference schedule, and I'm guessing it's fairly difficult for Mountain yeah. West women's teams to get good teams to come play, yeah. or even in some cases might it might even be difficult to get them as road games too. I was talking to Q outside the door. Oh, I thought you were waving to say something. I'm sorry. That's no, there's a big window behind you. I was trying to communicate with uh, Q. I think it's. I think it might be easier. I mean, we say it all the time that there's two teams in the Mountain West men's San Diego State Unity who can pretty much get anybody. Um, I don't look. I'm not going to say I know enough about uh, her scheduling to know if that's true. Um, but yeah, uh, I think scheduling matters and seating. But right. good, good for them that they got a higher seed than everyone thought of. Everyone had them as a 12 at the UCLA and UCLA and L.A. And I do think when that came up uh, uh, with someone else playing Oklahoma that um, they felt good about themselves. And I do think it was respect by the committee. And it is cool. I mean, you get to play Michigan. You you know, you, like you just said, Tyler, a team maybe they can't get in the preseason. And, you know, you're shipped. But good for them. All right. We got tickets to give away to go to WWE Friday Night SmackDown. It's coming to Las Vegas at MGM Grand Garden on Friday, March 24th, and we got a pair of tickets for you. 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. Be caller 8 right now, and you'll win a pair of tickets to WWE Friday Night SmackDown at MGM Grand Garden. years old, I came to Syracuse right next door. It was a dirt floor practice field for football. Syracuse had lost 29 straight games in basketball, not football. I never left this school. I'm now 78 years old, and I'm probably most happy that I will never leave here. I'll never leave Syracuse, and I'll never leave Syracuse University. Text Granny and Bischoff at 69187 with the word ESPN.
He'll never leave. He's not going to go on vacation? What do you mean he's never going to leave Syracuse? He's going to live in Syracuse the rest of his life? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I'll go somewhere I mean, warm. I, I was about to say. Go somewhere warm, Jim. Uh, he's never leaving. L- like most New Yorkers. Yes. Like, I-, I give him about three years before he goes, you know what? Sarasota sounds really nice. That's right. <laughs> go somewhere warm, Jim. You don't have to live in Syracuse. Jeez. All right. Um, more importantly, the United States lost in the World Baseball Classic to Mexico yesterday, 11 to 5. I thought it was three to one. I must have been looking. Yeah, at a, I must have been looking at an early score. It was seven to one in like the fifth inning. I was looking at a really early score. Uh, they end up losing eleven to five overall. You know whose fault this is, right? The Dodgers. The Dodgers, one hundred percent. Mookie Betts is terrible, and Kershaw hates America. So Mookie's not playing well. Oh, he's horrible. He's batting leadoff. I mean, he's got one single so far through really? two games. Unreal how bad this guy's been. Trace Thompson. He hit a home run against the United States. That doesn't help okay. us. I don't care about Trace Thompson hitting home runs for Great Britain. <laughs> Unbelievable how bad that is. But they got smoked by Mexico yesterday. The pitching was a little bit of a nightmare. Uh, Nick Martinez of the Padres started the game. Didn't pitch very well. They brought in Brady Singer of the Royals. He did not pitch very well. The bullpen was pretty good with one exception. Daniel Bard gave up four runs while getting two outs. Uh, but yeah, the pitching, I think the problem for the United States is their starting pitching is not going to be good enough to actually win this tournament because Wainwright starts game one was okay. He's playing a, a team full of minor leaguers and still gave up a home run to Trace Thompson. And then Nick Martinez starts game two, and they get smoked with Nick Martinez. And then another starter who came in in relief. I think it's going to be tough, especially if Mookie Betts is going to lead off and not do anything. He and Mike Trout, people think these are the best outfielders in the game. Are you kidding me? I think he's got maybe a hit or something like that. These two are bums. Kyle Schwarber hits a home run, but not Mike Trout. They're going to get out of pool play? Yeah. So the top two advance out of pool play, they're still... Fine. They play, I think it's Canada tonight. They still have Columbia. And am I forgetting a team? I might be forgetting a team. And then maybe one more game. And they should beat Canada. Columbia's decent, but they should probably still beat them and get out of pool play like that. So they'll be fine. It was actually kind of sort of a must win for Mexico yesterday. Not truly so, a must win, but if they had lost, Mexico would be in a lot of trouble. How to much get out. are they stretching out pitchers? Because it is spring training. Like, what 60 are they? pitches. And then that's starters it. are going about 60 pitches. And then that's it. Yeah. And then they're done. So if that gets them through three innings, it gets them through three innings. If they were going to go through six somehow, they'd go six somehow, I think. But yeah, 60 pitches is where their starters are going. And unfortunately, it hasn't been that great so far for the starting pitchers. Wainwright was fine, but he was also facing Trace Thompson and a bunch of double A guys and still gave up some runs. Jersey guy, Ed Graney. Uh, did you see Great Britain's uniform? Yeah. Yeah. I like them. What? Yeah. What? What do you mean you like them? Clean. Clean. Sim- simple. Ed, they printed simple. them off in Microsoft Word. It's not, it's they, not, were, they were not I, center. I like, like that's a button in Word that they didn't push. I like simple. <laughs> so for anybody that hasn't seen them, Great Britain's uniforms are solid gray, and in black letters across the chest, it says Blue Great letters. Britain. And it is... Times New Roman. Yeah, think okay, of the so, most common font you can think of, and that's what it is. Just across okay, so the dress, the only thing that's Great wrong, Britain. like Jared said, are the second parts of the words that are down the buttons. 
I don't know how they got that done. The only thing that's wrong. What do you? That's the Ed, least Ed. creative jersey I've ever seen in my life. I don't like creative. I like. It. I like it to be. Ed, Ed wanted him to play shirts versus skins. Yeah. Yes. Why even I put like, Great Britain across the chest? I like. I like it simple. I, I like things simple. Were you secretly born in like 1883 and watched baseball then? <laughs> is, is this the is this the worst take since the Gramala? Every one team should be black and one team should be white. <laughs> like just Ed's a step away from that, apparently. Unbelievable. Genuinely, Ed, Ed I think I, I, I my initial reaction is this looks like a team that went. Oh my God, we have a game tomorrow. Somebody run and print jerseys. If. If Are these heat printed, heat pressed? It oh, has to be. <laughs> they they went to the mall and had a guy airbrush it. <laughs> I'm 100% convinced if there was like a Lotus Broadcasting softball team, we would, would have be. better jerseys than Great Britain. I'm pretty convinced of that. They spelled both words right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. It's a low standard. They got the names spelled right. They got the names right. spelled right. <laughs> it's in a readable font. I don't question who it is. Come yes. On. Come on. You got to have better. Uh, no, I, well, better I'm takes not a Jersey that. guy. All right. All right. You can still have better opinions on them. All right. A couple of other things from the World Baseball Classic. First off, guy for Colombia, Guillermo Zuniga. Uh, he came in against Mexico and he threw three straight fastballs over 100 miles an hour to Alex Verdugo, including one at 102. He pitched two innings and got the win against Mexico for Colombia. He was in the Dodgers organization last year. He's now signed with the Cardinals, and the Dodgers let him go. <laughs> I wouldn't think. Throwing 100 just straight well, gas. Too fast. That's right. Dodgers can't use him. Also, Venezuela upset Domin the Dominican Republic in the first game uh, between those two. This video of Jose Quijada pitching, he's ha he gets a strikeout on the mound, and his entire jersey is just about unbuttoned. He's got maybe two buttons done on his jersey while he is pitching. It's phenomenal. Look at that kid with the uh, undershirt on. Is that even legal Pound in Major League Baseball? Don't, don't you have to have so many buttons buttoned up? Because this guy, it's almost completely unbuttoned as he's pitching. Like the only thing keeping his jersey together is that, is it's, that it's tucked, tucked into in. his pants. It's tucked in or it would be flapping in the wind. Phenomenal. The World Baseball Classic is great. We just got to stop losing to Mexico with these bum pitchers. Where's Kershaw?